Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stahl. All right, welcome back to our Legally Sound Smart Business podcast, where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist. My name is Nasser Pasha. Namaste. Hope you guys had a good weekend and are ready for probably the most important news story that you'll be hearing today. In your time when you lived in San Diego, you had the SeaWorld Unlimited Pass every single yeah. year. I think you, I think you bought multiple passes just because you wanted to <laughs> lay out on the seats and take up multiple spots. I, I realize you're joking now, but one year we had passes because my wife's nephew was in town and, and he loved going there. And we went there and I don't know, to me, it was one of the most depressing places <laughs> on earth, you know, as opposed to Disney World, which is supposed to be the happiest. There's one in Florida and one in San Diego. Is that right? No, I think there's, I think there's more actually than that. In, in the U.S.? Yeah, I, I think there's more in the U.S. too. I think there's uh, one in San Antonio. Oh, is there? Yeah, yeah. There's, I think the two main ones are Florida and, and San Diego, though. Okay. Yeah. Cause I've never been to the one in San Diego. I've driven by it a bunch of times. I've been to the one in Florida a long time ago, but yeah, I'm not the the avid fan like you who <laughs> loves going. No. Okay. So actually they have three. They have one in Orlando, San Antonio and San Diego. Okay. So I guess those are the three we named. Yeah. So the firm almost covers all of those states. Maybe we can be a part of this lawsuit that's going on. Exactly. Well, I guess just to give a, a backstory, I don't know. I assume, have you seen the Blackfish documentary? I haven't. So it, it is kind of hard for me to be so opinion. I, I am pretty opinionated about it, but I, I don't think I have a lot of facts that maybe that, that movie may may actually demonstrate to, to back that up. Yeah, I've seen it. I mean, it's it's a pretty big piece against SeaWorld and just essentially the treatment of the animals there. And if you think about it, who knows how much of that's true. And if you think about it, just look at the size of the animals and look at the size of the tanks that they're being held in. And it kind of makes sense. Obviously, it'd be better in terms of you know size to be in the ocean and things like that. But the Blackfish documentary got gained a lot of publicity got a lot of traction. A lot of people were watching it and realizing that they don't like SeaWorld anymore, which I guess it never dawned on them previously, but all of a sudden, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Now that I think about it, I really don't like this thing. So that, that was a huge thing. It's happened over the last couple of years. And I know recently, I don't know how recent, but, or how long ago this has been going on, but I've seen commercials that SeaWorld has put out essentially saying that some of the things in that documentary or these allegations are not true. And I, I don't know the specifics. It's yeah, they, I just saw the commercial this morning. In fact, they were promoting the hashtag ask SeaWorld and AskSeaWorld.com <laughs> and making some statements. For example, they were saying how studies have shown that the animals in captivity in our facilities live as long as, as others outside in the wild, which is an exact opposite allegation to what I think other people are saying. But what's interesting, so they use this Ask SeaWorld hashtag, and of course, it backfires on them online. And, you know, I, I read some of the comments, and you mentioned the, the, the tank size. One of the comments was, or one of the questions is, why is your parking lot 10 times bigger than the, the sizes of your tanks, you know? So I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah, obviously, they were trying to do this new marketing campaign, and the Ask SeaWorld, how do they, I mean, really, how do they think that was going to go? I don't know how some of these marketing people get paid where they can... This, this will really win over our fans. I think they were trying to copy a McDonald's because remember McDonald's went through the same process. I don't think it backfired with them. They were, maybe it did, but 
they went through the aspect of, you know, ask us about what, how we process our food and what's in our food and everything about, you know, the myths behind their chicken nuggets, et cetera. Yeah. So this is getting to the underlying uh, lawsuit that's been filed. So it's a class action lawsuit. And this is pretty interesting. So it's a class action lawsuit against SeaWorld and it's alleging unjust enrichment and fraud amongst other claims about essentially the details that are in that Blackfish documentary about how they've fraudulently been portraying that the animals are being properly taken care of or properly treated. And if people that attended SeaWorld, like yourself with the Unlimited Pass, if they knew about these things, they would have never bought the tickets in the first place. And so that's kind of the underlying claim of this class action. I I guess the Visitors pay as much as $235 per person, which is a, that's a lot of money. What? That doesn't seem right. To, I don't remember paying that much, but I don't know. <laughs> for your limited pass? I think for residents, maybe it might be different and so forth. Or maybe even Florida might be different too. Yeah. But see, what's interesting about this fraud allegation and unjust enrichment is that at the end, it, it's, it's somewhat of a contract law-based legal issue. Because basically what they're saying is that, okay... I'm going to your facility and I'm buying a ticket and that's a contract. I'm paying you money to grant me admission. And the basis for my admission is that you're treating the animals in a certain way. And the thing is, I don't know if Blackfish, they actually allege that they're breaking the law because there's there's ethics and there's a law and, and sometimes they don't always match. And, and so maybe SeaWorld is not treating the animals very well, but they're still within the bounds of the law. And that still may open them to liability if... One of the premises of why I went there is because they said that they were treating their animals ethically. Yeah, that's that's a key point here, I think, to this lawsuit is there's breaking a state or federal law and then there's ethics. And so, I mean, just because you're unethical doesn't mean that there's fraud. And so they have to prove some sort of law that's being broken, like I said, either state or federal law. And this kind of plays into the ads that are coming out or the commercials that are coming out. SeaWorld's saying, hey, these things... All these allegations, or at least some of these allegations against us aren't true. Here's the facts. So if they're lying about that or they're misrepresenting those facts, then yeah, then you have a claim to, to stand on. But I don't really know how this is going to go. SeaWorld has already come out and said, this is just a baseless lawsuit from animal activists. We're going to fight this and we're going to win. So they at least think that they have a pretty strong case against this class action. I don't know if you've been to the zoo and uh, these other places like SeaWorld, they oh, they do talk a lot about how they ha- help the animals. And, you know, honestly, I do really believe that the people that are working there feel like they're doing something good because they, they seem genuine to me. For example, when I went to SeaWorld in San Diego, I remember going to the, it was like the ice or the South Pole. I don't know if it was the South Pole or the Polar exhibit. And there was just this this huge glass aquarium with a bunch of penguins in it and they were packed to the brim. And I understand there are penguins that don't mind being close to each other, but it was so strange to me because I'm like, I know these penguins didn't fly here because it's too far to fly and they don't fly, but how did they get here and why are they here? And then they're mixed with different species. It just seems so strange to me. And so I'm wondering like, how is this helping animals? Like were they captured and brought here? What What's the story? Why couldn't they just be put in the wild? I, I don't know the answers to the question, so it's hard for me to 
have a strong opinion about that, but this something seemed wrong about it, you know? Yeah, I mean, I can answer some of those because I tried to do that. Remember when I tried to open that zoo a couple years ago? And Oh, yeah, that's right. They were going to make a movie about it, right? Like Staub and his, <laughs> his zoo or something? Yeah. Or? I can't remember. Well, you remember the... Uh was that Matt Damon movie that was based off of what I was trying to do. So, Oh, well, I, I thought so. That, I, I wasn't sure. So you didn't get, you didn't get the main part. You couldn't play yourself, huh? Yeah. Well, they wanted to go with a more experienced actor, I guess. So oh, okay, not a bad call, but yeah, it's, it's tough to get animals. I didn't want to have to steal any animals. So I ended up not getting a lot of, wasn't able to get a lot of them, but you got like a, a couple rats and a cat and <laughs> yeah, a dog. Yeah. <laughs> I was able to get a lot of birds, a lot of birds, some, yeah. some squirrels, but some earthworms. Yeah. yeah. I guess the, the thing about this going back to SeaWorld is these are killer whales. So I always thought that was an interesting dynamic because you're, you're, you're taking killer whales. I mean, that's what they're called and, and putting them in this very small tank and having them perform in front of people and yeah i mean yeah at the end of the day they're still killer whales they probably are going to attack people and that's what's if you you didn't see the blackfish documentary but not to spoil it for you but yeah a couple people got maimed and killed because yeah the things they're doing these people are doing with the whale these killer whales like in the water and yeah. performing with them like it's kind of crazy for your entertainment yeah it's kind of crazy when you think about it like it's pretty dangerous stuff and I think only a couple times there's been issues. I know there was definitely one from the documentary. There was an issue of like one of the whales acting up and like attacking one of the performers like during a show in front of kids. But I think most of the occurrences happened during closed hours and stuff like that. But imagine the workers' compensation insurance premiums that SeaWorld has to pay before that. You know, I mean, it's because an employer is is obligated to protect its employees from injury and so forth. And some of you may be listening, like, how can an employer allow their employees to put themselves in such risk? And there are things like assumption of the risk and so forth that the employees may be able to waive, especially if they're, I don't know, I, I assume they have some kind of marine biology background, those that are a part of all that all. And so they have an understanding of these animals that they're dealing with. But at the same time, it's like the whole thing is just for entertainment. And back on the, the size of the tank, the problem is no matter how big they make it, they can't make it as big as the ocean, you yeah. know? And, and so so no matter what, SeaWorld's kind of in a tough spot there because I'm sure as those tanks are expensive to maintain and, and, and build, but there's no way that they can get it to a size that would be satisfactory to anyone. Yeah, that's a good point. It's always going to be people having issues with that. So with the documentary that came out, I think a couple years ago, and now these, this was the second lawsuit, isn't that right? There was, there's been two class actions. This was the class action. It followed a, another action directly suing SeaWorld just for its treatment of the animals, I believe. Yeah, so with all of this going on, I mean, I wonder if SeaWorld's going to be able to stick around. I, I don't think so. I honestly think it's it's that era is over. I don't see it going forward. Because even if they solve the legal issues, people aren't going to be happy after this, you know? Let's say, yeah, let's say all these lawsuits go swimmingly for them. They still aren't going to have customers showing up at the door because they're, you know, seen the documentary, seen all this negative stuff and their their minds have changed on it so that's my prediction as well as within the next decade that's going to shut down shop i do have good fond memories of it i i have to be honest because when when i'm with my uh wife's nephews i mean he had so much fun it was his favorite spot i think one summer he went like five or six times and just went through the show every time and so kids have fun there's definitely entertainment but i don't i don't think we'll be seeing that in the next generation yeah i mean it's it's pretty much is for 
kids. I don't think you're one of the only adults I know that really love SeaWorld. <laughs> I did like the Wild Animal Park, which is now called, I think, what is it, Safari? or San, I don't remember. What is it called? Oh, in San Diego? Yeah. I haven't been there, but. You should really go. I don't know how they treat their animals, but assuming they do treat them well. But Well, in the episode of a couple of weeks ago when you said you used to give out the cease and desist letters to kids going to ice cream trucks for the copyrighted <laughs> music, I forgot also, too, you used to sprint in in front of SeaWorld shows <laughs> to the front row, lay out, and not allow any kids to sit there. And parents were getting upset. Well, speaking of, we're, we're interviewing the, the Snow Cone Joe owner right on Wednesday. Yes. And uh, that's going to be a very interesting interview because when we reported it, we reported, you know, very one side of the story as far as how the media was portraying it. But I think after speaking with him, I think a lot of our audience members are going to be surprised to hear what the real truth is and some of the issues that he's dealing with that, frankly, any small business owner can encounter in their own right. So a lot of lessons hopefully will be learned that day. Yeah. It's kind of similar to the, it's similar in a way to the SeaWorld issue, but not in the fact that his side of the story is actually uh, truthful and, and good. But SeaWorld, they have one side of the story as well. But yeah, it's... So check that out on on Wednesday. And that's a follow-up from our episode. I think it was two weeks from today, I believe, if I recall correctly. Sounds about right. Sounds about right. All right. I think that's it on my end. Unless you have anything else to add about SeaWorld, I'm actually somewhat happy that SeaWorld is is in this path right now. You're happy, huh? I just remember going to, just seeing those penguins and those dolphins and those whales. I'm like, how did they get here? Why are they here? And just for our entertainment purposes. And I felt bad being there, you know? It was, I'm not saying it wasn't fun. It was very interesting to see these, you know, great, huge animals, but. Yeah, there's always, at least in spots on the ocean, there's always whale watching season. So if you really want to see it, just go to those spots and you can see a whale. <laughs> Absolutely. If you're in San Diego in lieu of uh, going to SeaWorld, go to go whale watching and just make sure you have a uh, strong stomach because I know every time I've gone, like half the boat gets seasick. <laughs> it's always <laughs> funny. <laughs> uh, all right. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Keep it sound. Keep it smart. This has been the Legally Sound Smart Business Show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stop. The Legally Sound Smart Business Show is your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Legally Sound Smart Business is a podcast that is intended but not promised or guaranteed to be current, complete, or up-to-date, and should in no way be taken as an indication of future results. No attorney-client relationship is created by listening or submitting questions to the podcast. The podcast does not constitute legal advice, but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.